0: Today we examine VGK and other cap-crushed teams. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And you are watching and listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. You can find us at Lockdown VGK now on YouTube as well as Twitter. I am Tony Cardasco at Tony Dasko on Twitter. He is TD Chris G on Twitter. We are brought to you today by Bet Online. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before, the NFL kicking off on Thursday preseason. We've got wow. Las Vegas against Jacksonville in the Hall of Fame game. Find out more on Bet Online and Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Chris, over the weekend, the hockey news came out with an article. And according to Cap Friendly, it said that there are nine NHL teams that are going to be over the cap. Lo and behold, I can. I can guess, I think, in one note, one of the teams, of course, that's on that <laughs> list. <laughs> More cap gymnastics coming up again for roulette, VEK. cap
1: roulette,
0: uh, cap gymnastics, cap roulette, whatever. Uh, just, again, trying to skirt everything with the, uh, the salary cap. And so, you know, uh, it, the article said something that just kind of grabbed me, too. It said uh, Shea Weber was a band-aid for an organization that can't print money fast enough. And it went on to discuss the $8 million in cap relief, Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin, and that deal going to Carolina. And so it's a never-ending saga, and VGK would want to say that they're not, you know, in any sort of uh, salary cap. They're not under any salary cap constraints, but here we are again. We're going into a season, one of nine teams that have their backs up against the wall.
1: Yeah, this is this is how it's gonna be, at least for the foreseeable future, probably for the next three or four years. Um, I think I read something somewhere else that stated the 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 deal with Shea Weber. There's gonna be more LTIR things like and stuff happening. So I think on paper, even though at this moment we're not CAP compliance. I think we will be based on the terms of the trade and stuff like that. I, I could be off on that. I don't have the article to cite, unfortunately, but I did catch that over the weekend. But Cap Friendly has us right around 1.3 over or something like that at the moment. Um, Pete DeBoer said it best, and this is also kind of contradictory to what Kelly McCrimmon Wait, said. And it's Monday and already you're quoting Pete DeBoer? It's Monday. I'm quoting Pete DeBoer. Um, they somewhere along the lines they asked DeBoer if um, about the salary cap situation and things like that, and he basically said he's been on teams that are cap teams where they're basically nuking off all their salary, and he's been on teams that have not been cap teams where they are, you know, pinching pennies and things like that, and you know he'd rather be on a cap team, obviously. So this is this this is. The story that VGK is going to tell every single year, they're going to try and sell the fact that the cap isn't that, you know, that, yes, we're up against it, but they have a plan. And, you know, the plan does um, not always go according to plan. Again, coming to season six, there are going to be games where we're only going to address 17 skaters or we're going to do that uh, nonsense with uh, 11 forwards and maybe seven defensemen every now and then. Although without Dylan Coglin, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that anymore unless we get John Merrill back in the fold or something like that. Our, our leading forward scorer for the Golden Knights from the defensive side of things with one goal. Um, but, you know, this is this is how it's going to be. This is exactly how it's going to be. It was a third eye blind song I just quoted right there. And hopefully they can you know, spin the roulette wheel good enough to the point where it's not going to cost us any games as like they
0: did a couple seasons ago and most notably against uh, the Colorado Avalanche down the stretch. I still want to believe that the VGK is going to be signing someone else, you know, a big name, someone to fill one of the voids with this team. I still think they need some more uh, beef, an enforcer, uh, something like that along those lines. uh, They still have to sign the Knicks at night. That's K. I G H T with Nick Waugh and Nick Haig, and they also have to sign Keegan Colasar. No telling what that's going to amount to come arbitration time. And so, yeah, and then this article uh, went on to say that the clock is ticking for Vegas until the nightmare can no longer be avoided. Is it that deep? And sooner or later, do you think things could crumble here?
1: I mean, every team goes through ups and downs and everything in between. The Colorado Avalanche, you look at what it took to get them to where they are. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, same thing. Detroit Red Wings are finally on the upward slope, although the Detroit really hit it hard in, as far as the offseason went and uh, acquisition. So I guess uh, Iserman felt that there's enough pieces in place to where it's time to start bringing in the leadership to help with the younger players and even you see Seattle kind of taking that same trajectory which I found kind of odd with some of their offseason signings. So I mean yes, is there a time it, where Vegas might only get 87 points and not even sniff the playoffs? Every franchise goes through it whether it's self-inflicted like what the Blackhawks are going to do or whether it's like what did happen last year with the Golden Knights and, you know, not making the playoffs unfortunately. Is it going to be this season or next season? I don't think we're at that stage yet, but you know, four or five years down the road from now, maybe, but same breath, four or five years down the road from now, you know, Petrangelo's contract finally gets off the book. William Carlson, I think finally gets off the book by then. Um, so maybe McCrimmon will find a way if McCrimmon still the GM five years from now. I know what your thoughts are on that. Obviously um, we'll, They find a way to be competitive year over year and go on a long run of either making the playoffs, being a cup contender and or being close to playoffs. Or is there going to be three or four seasons where we're going to be in the draft lottery and hoping to get that number one pick? And then we're on the, you know, the seven year rebuild. I don't know.
0: So Kelly McCrimmon said recently that all the good teams and playoff teams are up against the cap. And then I went through these nine teams that are up against the cap. And five of the nine teams were not in the playoffs. Those teams that are up against the cap currently are the Flyers, the Canadians, the Kings. Kings have $1.5 million in cap space. That's it. And they still have some pieces that they need to re-sign. Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton, the Islanders, Tampa Bay, and of course, the VGK. And so it's not every team that's contending that is up against the cap.
1: No, no doubt, and you know this is obviously where some of these long-term deals come back to bite you, or these band-aid deals. Um, Didanoff is probably the most notable uh, as far as a a very odd signing that was a big head scratcher, given uh you know shipping Mark Andre Fleury the previous off season and coming in with a twenty goal score at five point five or whatever Didanoff's deal was. So yes, the check will you know cash. There will be a. You know, you will answer for the moves that are made today, whether they're just simply to help season fives or season sixes teams, and then if it's going to hurt you in season eight and nine and down the road. VGK has uh, shown they have no qualms about moving on from players either when the time might be either needed or when the time is right, starting obviously with Pacioretty and Flurry. Flurry was certainly a cap casualty. We let him go for absolutely nothing. The entire league had leverage on us. Uh, Flurry gets flipped for a third round pick from Chicago. Good move by Chicago. Uh, same situation, kind of with Patcheretti. Basically, it reminded me of the movie Draft Day, where Kevin Costner is negotiating in the end. You know, and I'm I'm picturing McCrimmon begging the entire league to you know take on Patcheretti, and then finally Carolina says, "Yeah, we'll take him." And then the deal is almost done, but give us Dylan Coglin. You know, when when they go for that kick returner in the movie Draft Day, kind of the kind of the same thing like that. So sure the. For lack of a better term, the league had Vegas buy the balls for the last couple of years, and that that trend's going to continue. Uh, there was another article that came out um, basically saying Carolina exposed Vegas in their situation i I thought that would I forgot who put that out I, I thought that was just a garbage article to be completely frank. everyone knows what everyone's situation is. Carolina was just a you know gave the best package, if you will, to take patch ready off our hands so yeah we're we're a cap team we are a cap team they are going to be weird things where we're going to have a three-game, uh, you know, three days off. They're going to call up two players from the Silver Knights on Monday, and then before Wednesday's game, four hours before the game, they're going to send it back down. That's the reality that Vegas Golden Knights hockey is going to be right now. And, you know, we, we talked about this. Had Vegas gone on the, the traditional expansion path, would they be better going into Season 6 if they would have simply lost for a couple of seasons? Or are we on a better path right now to win the Stanley Cup in season six? And that's that's a real strange argument to have right now. It really
0: is. Yeah, so many question marks. And still, you know, Chris, I still want to believe that this team is one move away from being a team that's in contention. And I don't know what that piece might be. I've talked about some more beef and enforcer, a goon, if you will, uh, because they didn't play uh, dirty enough, I don't think, last season. More physical. They have to have that sort of a present. They were out hit every game uh, pretty much. But uh, do you foresee another move by VGK outside of re-signing uh, the Knicks and Kolasar?
1: Um Right now I don't unless there's a weird injury or something like Mark Stone is still somewhat of a question mark given his back situation. Obviously the goalies, you know, we're, uh, we're wondering what's going to happen there. Um, I do think Vegas could end up being a buyer around the trade deadline, depending on how things shake outs. Um, there's a lot of teams that are going to be selling around the trade deadline, starting with the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, let's just get funky for a second here. And Alex Petrangelo goes down, um, you know, come game number 47. He's not going to come back until the playoffs or something like that. All of a sudden, Jonathan Taves is out there on the block or Patrick Kane. I mean, I think that's the only path where Vegas makes a big notable splash. Uh, I certainly could see Vegas making a mid, you know, another like top nine ish, uh, forward type move. I don't think necessarily in this offseason right now. I just don't see a path to that with having to figure out the RFA situation with Hague and Nick Watt and et cetera and Colasar, obviously. So I don't think anything else happens this offseason. We did bring in some reinforcements at the AHL level and some less notable, uh, two way contracts as well, like, um, uh, Spencer Fu and stuff like that. So, you know, one of those players could be a, a band-aid or maybe we get lucky and one of those players pops who knows um but yeah I, I'm with you Tony going back on your last point I really wish we would have had a character player brought in this offseason you know some a sub million dollar player that simply is going to pound you for lack of a better term and have that charisma this is back to the Reeves effect I didn't miss Ryan Reeves until I watched the playoffs last season I did not miss Ryan Reeves a bit I missed it I missed the personality I didn't miss him the second he put on the Golden Knights jersey though And my perspective has certainly flipped 100% on that. We need someone who has that charisma and character to help rebuild the identity. And if we're not going to do that, I hope Cassidy is going to establish a clear path for a new VGK identity that all the players on the roster will buy into.
0: Yeah, they have to go the route of a goaltender. I think that's going to be something that's important somewhere down the line because, Again, the rempressoir will not be uh, be ready. The Panda will not be ready for the start of the season. Uh, Robin Leonard and I just think that they could be in a world of hurt uh, without having at least uh, two grade A uh, options there. And Logan, nothing against Logan Thompson. He'll be the opening day starter. And I feel that he's, you know, he's adequate enough. And I, I think he might be, at the end of the season, he was better than both of those goalies combined. I'm going to throw that out there. And then, uh, oh, yeah. And so you were on a <laughs> locked on NHL yesterday. So we'll be uh, sending out the link today. Uh, let me guess the topic. Uh, salary cap off-season moves for VGK. Yeah, I mean, kind of a, a you're on the circuit now, brother.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Golic on tour, folks. Uh, you know, coming to you from uh, my pajamas in my office uh, daily. But yeah, that was what we talked about. You know, talk about the off-season moves, and I think um, I think Gil thought I was going to be a little more um, of the negative and concerned route. And you know, you know, my route. He was
0: talking to me. He he must have felt he was talking to me. Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. Um, But you know, I'm, I'm taking the glass half full approach right now. I'm simply looking at the results of seasons one through four, looking at the healthy season five roster. And I'm hoping when you put all that into a blender and spin that for season six, that it does work out. Um, that's the hope. And I'm, we're going to show our plan, at least my plan, to uh, replace the Donoff's and patcheretti's output in our next segment, of course. But, you know, I, I do feel good about things and I wanted to portray that in our in our session. But, you know, down the road, obviously,
0: like we just alluded to a few minutes ago. Yeah, there could be trouble, no doubt. Coming up next, as uh, Chris had mentioned, we will talk about can VGK replace 50 goals without Donov, without Pacioretty. That'll come your way next right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is the fastest. It's the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, now the National Football League, kicking into gear this week the NBA, of course, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered across the board. Head to BetOnline today. You can use your mobile device as well to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And again, Locked On VGK now available on YouTube. Thanks to Chris at Locked On VGK, and of course online wherever you get your podcast. We're on now every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Again, a lot of the good old content uh, coming up to the top here. And again. Like we've said before, we've had a ton of content. It's been a pretty busy and decent off-season for the VGK. And then, of course, we've made up a lot of things as well. We won't go into that. But replacing 50 goals uh, without uh, the down off from Pacioretty, this is something that you wanted to discuss for this upcoming season. And uh, do you think that this formula will include a variety of 15-plus goal scores for the VGK? And then I also want to get your take on Jack Eichel over under goals this upcoming season. Okay, fair enough. Um, we'll hit Eichel
1: last. Um, so yes, I think 50 goals could be the ceiling. I mean, Patch Reddy was actually on a much stronger pace last year for his limited games, but I think 50 is the potential number that VGK will have to absorb with their current roster. So where are these 50 goals going to come from? I, I think before, and, and I'm only looking at, players that were looking to take a step up I'm not looking at Jonathan so to basically you know score more goals I'm not looking at Chandler Stevenson to score more goals if it's it's nice if they do but I don't think that's the way this exercise needs to play out I'm simply looking at players that are going to need to step up to replace patcheretti's outputs I do think there will be somewhere between you know, 8, 10, 12, maybe up to 15 goals that will be absorbed in the lineup simply by more opportunity without patch already out there. So maybe a couple goals here for Marci, a couple goals there for Stevenson, a couple random goals for a defenseman, stuff like that. So how do we get to 50-ish goals after that? First player I'm going to single out, Nick Wah. Nick Wah has had a very good upward trajectory since he joined VGK. 15 goals last year, playing amongst all the lineups. Nick Wah I think, is going to be a staple in the top nine, even though that line four with him between Colasar and Carey, as exciting as that sounds, that might be Brett Howden's world. And Nick Wah he could center, you know, he could wind up playing center in any of the top three lines, depending on how things go throughout the injury, most likely on the wing somewhere. I've mentioned a bunch of times I would love to see Nick Wah. And Mark and Nick Watt and Jack Eichel together with someone like March or so, because I think he'll clean up so many goals and, you know, just do well. So I'm hoping Nick Watt can become a 20 goal scorer. That's only plus five from what he did last year. That's only plus five from what he did last year. Riley Smith, 16 goals last year. But again, some injuries that slowed him down a little bit. If and we a can slow get him, start. Slow, a exactly.
0: a slow start too.
1: Exactly. 100%. So if we can get uh, Riley Smith just to that 20 goal ballpark. Now that's nine goals. All of a sudden, this is going to be your favorite. This is going to be your favorite here, Tony. So, uh, you
0: know, get, just get to Chandler just, Stevenson. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 not, no, no. put no stop it. We know, we know what Stevenson's going to do. William Carlson folks, William Carlson is really, in my opinion, the key to this plan working. And I'm trying to say that with a, a comfortable straightish face, but I am concerned. So w- William Carlson in the Gallant era, 43 goals, then 24 goals. But then in the DeBoer era, 15, 14, and 12 goals. The 14 goals was in the shortened season, though. So that season he was probably on pace to get somewhere in the mid-20s or so. William Carlson getting back to that, well, not back, but getting to that 25 to 27 goal range, I think is imperative for this to work. So if we pencil him for 15 additional goals, that gets him to be a 27-goal scorer. He's done, it, he's done it once, and he was close around it another time. Hopefully, a new plan will help that. Now, that's about 24 of the goals. Uh, Mark Stone, I would like to see him score a little bit more. He has had uh, other years where he has scored uh, over 30 goals. He's done once, 28, 26. Mark Stone uh, was on pace for about 20 goals last year, given his injuries and his lack of games played. A healthy Mark Stone, let's make sure we're clear about that. A healthy Mark Stone is important. If he can go from 20 to 25 goals, now we're, at our, we're already at 29 goals, folks. We are at 29 goals. We're talking 8, 10, 12 more goals needed somewhere in the lineup. This is where hopefully someone like Brendan Bersouin can make a splash at the NHL level. I think this is also an important piece of this plan. Raswan honestly, is the one that reminds me most, most of Max Pacioretty, just simply watching him in his limited appearances at the AHL level. He just, you know, shacked up at the circle, took that cross-ice pass on the power play. I think two, or th- two of his first three goals were off the power play, scored just like that. You know, a tic-tac-toe type of pass. He's on the circle, uh, not necessarily as strong of a shot as, as Ovechkin, but kind of that same style on the power play he does have that finishing ability so if he gets somewhere in the ballpark of you know six eight ten twelve goals all of a sudden folks that's 35 to 38 goals we have replaced on top of the hopefully eight to twelve goals that will be absorbed other places in the lineup so yeah there is a lot of things that need to happen same breath max patch and the both are going to be 34 they're both turning 34 this season at some points can they be relied on to put in full seasons where they can get 30 and 20 goals respect, respectively? I don't know. I don't know. Patch ready. I think should be okay. Um, bone so injuries last year, you know, and he's going to be a rejuvenated to Like, I don't know to He doesn't excite me. And honestly, if it wasn't for all the nonsense with the Anaheim and the botch trade and him becoming the ultimate misfit for about nine or 10 days, like he's just a guy. So it'll be curious to see if this little plan I uh, penciled together on this very high quality post-it note works out. I just hope Kelly McCrimmon is doing better than I am with my note-taking and uh, you know, my, uh, my war room type of um, preparation for planning and stuff like that.
0: And I hope that William Carlson is working on his scoring goals. Yeah. On that's his important. on his honeymoon.
1: You, you did ask me about Jack Eichel. I want to give you a number there. Your
0: question and Chandler was, Stevenson, too. And, and Chandler Stevenson is an interesting case because 21 goals last season, career best, uh, 43 assists, 64 points on the season. But can he replicate that, or was this one of those flash-in-the-pan seasons? So I'd like for you to address both of those, Chris. Yeah,
1: so let's start with Eichel. I really want to see Eichel go 30 and 50. 30 goals, 50 assists. Um, he's done 50 assists one time in Buffalo. He has scored 30-plus goals. Uh one time 1920, 42 assists, and oddly enough, a plus five on probably an absolutely horrendous team. So that says something to me about his ability to actually get back and play a little bit of defense. But uh Jack Eichel, 30 and 50, is where I think he needs to be for this trade to pay off dividends. So that was something else we did talk about yesterday, uh with the uh, Gil unlocked on NHL as well. And then Chandler Stevenson, I mean, what a you know, we we give a lot of garbage to um McPhee and McCrimmon for what they have done but you know Chandler Stevenson and Nick Wow we got on the cheap for absolutely basically nothing so you know we have to acknowledge that when you take someone who in 1920 uh 24 games with Washington just three goals comes to Vegas for 41 games gets eight goals the next season in the shortened season 14 goals in 51 games so that prorates to a path for 26 goals 25 goals and then 79 games played last year, folks, 64 points, 21 and 43. Um, he should be the line to center day one, probably, uh, you know, back there either with Marchie and Riley Smith, kind of like the new Misfits type line. Um, maybe he does move to the wing a little bit. I like him back in center. Uh, maybe there's something there with him and Briswan, who knows. But uh, he went, what What did I say, 21 goals last season? What was it? 21, 21 yeah. and 43 um let's set the line at 23 and a half and i will take the over for 56 cents very
0: good okay <laughs> and the fans that have been listening to this for a while know how bitter i was that chandler stevenson was not an all-star selection because he was playing much much better than marcia so but of course He's just marcia not a so. name
1: that's all this Tony.
0: He's so fan. the teacher's pet of, of course yeah that line the misfit line they will forever be enamored with that line uh, in the front office and then uh, Eichel I think we could see some really big things out of him if he's again healthy for this upcoming season generation yeah it's a, matter-, yeah, it's a matter right and it's a matter if if this team can gel the early start of this uh, season is going to be real interesting um, they need to get out to some sort of a decent start um, because again learning the new system uh, it's just going to be I- I'm so curious about how this team gets uh, gets started for this upcoming campaign
1: they need to start well because the fans are nervous folks I I get that I know I'm the I'm the excited happy go lucky fan that never thinks anything is wrong I get that folks but if we don't have like let's go back to season two for a second Uh, Nate Schmidt unfortunately starts the season suspended with all that nonsense with the one what additive or whatever the heck was inside of one random supplement that he took and he has to sit out 20 games and the team started very slow. Nate Schmidt comes back and they, they went probably, you know, 20 or so games getting like 37 points or something like that. in those 20 games right after he came back. But this season, if things start slow, there's going to be a much more uneasy feeling because of the new system, the new coach, the players that were let go. The players that were let go for absolutely nothing, and people will be, you know, calling for McCrimmon's job if things don't work out very well to start. So yes, the first five games I think are very important, but I think the, after the first ten or twelve games, if we have like three wins and you know five losses and you know four points in overtime or something like that, you know, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a lot of angry callers. We're gonna have a lot of angry callers calling into the show. It'll be worse can- than. Uh, Worse than than the, the score uh, from Chicago after a
0: Bears game when they lose. It would be a lot worse than that. Okay. I'm looking forward to that, hopefully. I like the conflict, as you know. Uh, coming up next, we'll take a look at the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they've done some things to help to improve that team, and we'll get into that in the Pacific Division right after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Gallick from las vegas now on your airwaves if you will every monday wednesday and friday of course on youtube and on twitter Uh, you can find us your podcast uh, at lockdown vgk and of course uh, find the podcast wherever you get your podcast we are really uh, absolutely everywhere wherever i look including odyssey which of course carries my radio show uh, on that app on a weekly basis and uh, chris we wanted to get into some of the team you know we had that one segment where we talked about the teams that made improvements. We said uh, Anaheim is p- more or less going to be staying, Pat, but they, I think, surprised a lot of us uh, this past week when they came out and announced the signing of John Klingberg, of course, the offensive defenseman. Uh, Klingberg, seven million one-year contract. It's a prove-yourself sort of a deal for Klingberg uh, this past season. Six goals, forty-one assists. The eye opener on his stat chart: minus twenty-eight, plus minus though. That was with Dallas, right? With Dallas, yeah, with Dallas. Well, yeah, the only team he's been with is is with Dallas, and uh, they did lose some pieces, as we know. The player that I coveted, uh, I really wanted to see Josh Manson here. They lost uh, Hampus Lindholm as well, and so is Klingberg, that guy, Um, and also he is a specialist on the power play, does he make a difference with the Anaheim Ducks? I mean,
1: Anaheim, you know, Trevor egress, that's where, it at, where it's at, I guess. And and I um, I've mentioned many times that Andrew, I... uh,
0: Yeah,
1: go ter- 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 ahead, Terry. Yeah, exactly. Course. I mentioned many times that I, you know, opening packs of hockey cards is part of my, basically a big part of my business. And I open packs of cards, send the cards to people when they uh, hit them and stuff like that. And the Anaheim Ducks are a very popular team right now. In that world, uh, because of Zgress, not just Zgress, but also uh, Drysdale and um, uh, Macy Terry. McAvish, yeah, and well, Troy, Troy Terry, Terry yeah, yes, exactly. So <laughs> you know, there's a lot happening there right now, and I mean, also having Shattenkirk on defense—that's interesting. He was a minus nine last year, so they're bringing in <laughs> they're bringing in some good talent to mentor some of these younger players. And you know, you're right. We did say Anaheim's kind of running in place, but give it time. They're going to do something soon. But, you know, again, maybe this is kind of saying, okay, maybe bringing in Klingberg will help us flirt with being a playoff team. We'll just kind of see what happens, because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be selling at the deadline this year. I've mentioned this a bunch of times now. As much fun as free agency was, as much fun as the draft was and all the things that have been happening, not in Vegas by itself, but around the entire league. It's going to be even more interesting when the trade deadline comes because there's a lot of teams that are strapped for cash, which is why Nazim Kadri hasn't been signed yet. You know, if this was a regular situation and teams had probably that four or five million additional in cap right now, if it wasn't for COVID, Kadri would have been signed and probably been re-signed by Colorado. To be completely honest with you, but that's not the reality that we're in. So there's a lot of teams that are waiting to see what's going to happen around the deadline, and this could be a spot where Anaheim is a fringe bubble type team. And all of a sudden, they're looking at Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane around the deadline. And I don't know if I necessarily see those two individuals going to Anaheim. But those are not going to be the only players out there that are going to be potential trade bait around the deadline. And, you know, I think Anaheim has some room when it comes to the
0: cap, if I'm not mistaken, too. They still might have some some room available. That's that's pretty good. It's impressive. Their top six is pretty good now uh, with the additions of my Rangers. They rated my Rangers uh, cupboard with Ryan Strom. They signed yes. him to a a four-year deal. Uh, he'll be the second-line center probably uh, with uh, Trevor Zegras on the top line. And then uh, Frank Vitrano uh, will probably play wing with uh, Strom there on the second line. Adam Henrique is on that top line. Mason McTavish is on the second line. Uh, there's a lot of talent. There's a little bit of a drop-off with the third and fourth lines. Uh, you've got Max Comtois still in there and Lundestrom and Derek Grant and Sam Carrick Sam Carrick's pretty good. Uh, uh, Jacob Silverberg, right? Uh, You know, they've got some talent there, uh, but I think their top six is where it's all going to happen uh, this upcoming season.
1: I look at them as, I think I mentioned this in the first segment very, very briefly. I think they're going to take probably the same path that Detroit took. I think this is the year they kind of see what happens. And I think next year is when they really start making moves to potentially Compete not just in the Pacific, but in the West and possibly for a cup. I mean, $18 in in cap space. They have 45 of 50 contracts. So, I mean, their their roster is set right now. Their roster is very close to set, less a couple maybe, you know, housekeeping type moves that need to be made as the season comes up. But approximately $18 in cap space right now. So, let's wait and see. If Anaheim is borderline competitive, they're going to make a splash, I think, to make a move right now to potentially do something. Where that's going to come from, I don't know. But if this is not the year for Anaheim, I think next year, they certainly announce their presence. And all of a sudden, Anaheim and Los Angeles, you know, thinking back about the Pacific since VGK has been around, LA, sure, they were there, but we swept them. So who cares? And then I don't think they've been back, been back to the playoffs with the exception of this year in between there. Anaheim has not done anything since we've been, been around. So all of a sudden you have the shift happening, like in the Atlantic with Detroit and um, Ottawa becoming relevant along with Buffalo, maybe this is where the, 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 Kings, the ducks start doing better. Seattle's improving right now, you know, the Pacific next year or the following year, it's not going to be a doormat like what the rest of the league thinks it
0: is right now. Yeah. They signed some depth pieces as well. I saw, I think it was Colton white on defense and uh, chase DeLeo from, uh, from Detroit. I think they signed uh, some good depth pieces there. They're filling in some gaps. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Anaheim had a pretty decent start last season. And they they then, didn't. of course, they started to fizzle towards the end. But, again, I don't think uh, those third and fourth lines are strong enough. And that's probably what they'll address here with that uh, some of that remaining cap space and what have you. But uh, that's a team that could be on the move. And as you said, uh it's been four years, I guess, since they've been a playoff team. And they'd be kind of fun to see in the playoffs.
1: Oh, God, to yeah. To see
0: Zegers in the playoffs. For oh, Zgris. my goodness. I mean,
1: I – I was amazed watching Zgress at the all-star skills competition uh, this past February, I believe that was, or maybe it was January, but either way, it was awesome seeing him. Uh, He certainly, the only thing bad about Zgress is he plays for Anaheim who is by far not a, an A1 hockey market like Vegas is apparently, Um, you know, so Zgress isn't going to get the national exposure. He's going to create it. Zgress will create his exposure but he's not on Edmonton. He's not on Los Angeles. He's not on one of the original six teams. So if there's one knock on Zgress, it's the fact that he's a Duck, I guess. But outside of that, it's going to be so much fun to, to watch. When the Ducks come, they're going to be one of the teams that you circle on the calendar now. You know mm-hmm. That wasn't how it was three years ago. I didn't care seeing the Ducks. I'd sell those tickets uh, as fast as I could to anyone that wanted to pay me anything near
0: face value for them. Yeah. And Klingberg going to bring that physical presence uh, to the Pacific division. It'd be interesting. Uh, you do have the defensive pairing. I still believe he'll keep it intact with Cam Fowler. And you mentioned uh, Jamie Drysdale and then probably he'll probably be the second uh, defensive pairing. And again, a key piece to their power play unit because he's pretty strong on the power play. And yeah, this is a team. And, and again, you know, if we're talking about Anaheim uh, their goaltending situation, still uh John Gibson, right? And uh, Anthony Stollers. Right? Yeah, John Stolbers. Gibson
1: is just the, the 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 Ducks version of Mike Smith, in my opinion. Uh, John Gibson, I always joke about John Gibson. I probably said this on the show before. Gibson will be lights out, right? He'll be lights out for like a period and a half. And then all of a sudden he lets in four goals. Like, like John Gibson is shut out or one goal or four goals and nothing in between. That's a
0: typical John Gibson day at the office right there. And, again, we can find Chris on uh, Locked on NHL, too. He'll have a, a cameo appearance there with our good friend Gil Martin. And uh, you'll hear more of his comments, of course. That's really cool. And we'll post that coming up later today as well. Of course, you could find our show on Twitter, at lockdownvgk And now on YouTube, thanks to Chris, at On. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to spin the dials. It's starting to work. It's starting to work, Yeah. And uh, we appreciate everyone subscribing, watching, listening, and uh, your feedback is so important to, to the show. And we're not talking about kissing our butts, so I like when people call me negative, so that's good. Is that your I'm middle not, name? I, I <laughs> thought that was your middle my, name. I thought that was on your driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> I made I've made my mark here. <laughs> or my man Chris Golick. I'm Tony Credasco. Again, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We'll see you again Wednesday right here on Locked on Golden Knights.